So I'm always a fan of the James Squire beers. Yeah, yeah. They're not, they're, they're our wannabe craft beers. Yeah, right, right. They're the a poor man's craft beer. Poor man's craft beer. Well, there's this bottle shop in Little Bay. It used to be just, you know, the corn bottle shop. It was the first place that I ever bought something underage. My mum sent me in there to buy cigarettes. Anyway, you go to this bloody shop now. Don't get me wrong, it's probably got good alcohol, but it's like, it's a craft beer bottle shop. Yeah. You know, there's beers in there that I've never seen before, um, and they're expensive. Of I asked, I asked if they could get a, a bloke in a bar. I thought it'd be a lot easier. And they said, oh, you know, we'd have to do it through this, and you'd have to pre-order it. And I was thinking, pre-order it? Get the bloody thing in. And then I'm <laughs> buy it out the fridge. Yeah. Oh well, I'm sure there's enough bottle shops that have got that that stocked in these days, yeah, mate. Yeah, it's yeah, like exploded, exploded this year. You know, that's not in the craft beer realm. That's just your every man's beer. You that's know? what I was thinking. Maybe that's why I started. Simple, it's simple too crisp lager. Yeah, yeah simple yeah. crisp lager. Yeah. But you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of beers which are um, you know craft beers, and like there's a there's craft beers, and then there's craft beers. Like, so people, like you're going to a bottle shop, if you're going to like BWS, this would be under craft beers. This is not a craft beer. Like, okay. it's a, you know, it's a pale ale. Like, it's another shade of beer. Like, it's it's a craft beer more than VB or Tui's is. <laughs> much, you know, but it's not a craft beer. You know, much like you, you or me are, are footy players. Uh, yeah, yeah. But the real craft beers are the Tedesco's and the Taumalolo's and the Nathan Cleary's. Like, those are the craft beers. That's the difference between James Squire and actual craft beers. Yeah, um, yeah. But craft beers are expensive, so, like, real craft beers. But they're delicious. Yeah, oh, yeah. There you go, little piece in. <laughs> yeah, anyway, well, you know, there's only one more week to go. There's a week of weekend of footy that just happened. Yeah, um, down. I reckon we get, we'll get it started. You got anything to run it straight? Or yeah, um, yeah, go run it. Yeah, straight. yeah, I, yeah. I'm going to run it straight. I'm going to run it straight. Um, look, I don't want to be the guy that's always whinging about um, crisis merchant. I, I don't want to just. Win, I, yeah, I don't want to be a crisis merchant because I, I, you know, I, I loathe those people who are always crying. But this is run it straight. This is what we're doing. Running it straight. Optimist. I am an optimist, but. Something this I can't not go at the officials and not necessarily the specifically the referees and any individuals, but the officiating in in general and the whole system. Um, two weeks out from the finals, man, it's worrisome. There is there is um there is some real inadequacies happening. Are they, are um, they in no are they in no position to be resting any of their top line referees at the moment? Absolutely, they resting, but they need to get more. But it's not, it's not even about the refs, you know. It's like if, you know, we always talk about the refs and it's true. They have a fucking tough job. Like, and I really felt bad for, like, say, Perinara, who in the Parramatta-Broncos um, game on, on Thursday night, was it Friday night or whatever it was, um, you know, he stuffed up. He blew the whistle early, called it a knock-on, and he realised after he'd made a mistake. And you could see the pet Parramatta players like, what are you on, mate? Like, and he's like, look, I know, it's my bad. And, like, at least he didn't, you know, I've seen other refs go, well, that's my decision. I've made yeah. the decision, you know. But he's, he's been a player before, and he's like, that's my bad. I've blown the whistle. That's not what I'm going at, though. Um, Graham Annesley's always coming out with these. He's doing these press releases on the Monday and talking about the things they got wrong. And we know that it's the, it's the on-field refs, they're going to make mistakes. I'm not having a go with them. The bunker is atrocious. The bunker is, you should not be making mistakes. And last week, or was it one, I think last week, where he came out and said, um, you know, he was, uh, he talked about the Lindsay Collins try and said how that's a try on, um, that's a try yesterday, today, and tomorrow, every day of the week, that's a try. And they talk about this system they had where they've got um, the senior video official, which is Jared Maxwell, and the assistant, which was in that case, Bo Scott. So it's usually like a player. They try and have a ref and a player. And that's to try and aid with the decision making. And, and, you can guess which ref decided to go with no try and which one decided it was a try. Um, you can guess and it conf- and confirmed. Maxwell's the one that wanted it as a try. Bo Scott's the one uh, as a no try. Bo Scott's the one sort of going, nah, come, come on, mate. Like, the marker. Like, what are you talking about? But, so he's like, look, we need to have, we don't want to have that indecision with the two. It needs to be a, a, a 
uh, a more definite decision making, which is true. You do whether it, whether you're going to get some wrong occasionally. Most of the decisions are going to come right. But who so, is the only cut? So so what they did is they go okay instead of having um, just the two up there. I was thinking sweet. So you should have three. You should have three people in there, and it's kind of like it's there's three. It's a green light system. You've got to get two of them. At least two of them have got to agree. Majority. So he did agree with that, except he made it one. He cut the assistant and just made it the official. The problem is the, the on-field ref, Ashley Klein, set it up as no try because of the obstruction. And then Jared Maxwell agreed with him. So the refs are always looking for reasons to, you know, to find a fault with these things. Um, what I find strange and- about that, sorry to interrupt, but is the fact that the guy who he cut was the guy who got the right decision. Yeah, it's... Uh, Why are you going with the referee? Well, it's not about cutting... It wasn't about cutting the person. It wasn't so much about cutting both Scott. He was trying to change the system. And two weeks out from the fucking finals, like, and you change the system to that, like, Jesus. And we haven't had a lot of faith in the bunker. And then we see on fucking Sunday, like, that... I'm glad I didn't watch the first half of that footy footy game and went back through it, but that was just rubbish uh, between the Warriors and and the, the Raiders. But in the space of 10 minutes, I saw the bunker um, fuck up two captain's challenges. And you know who should be in charge of the bunker? Whoever's doing the broadcasting, whether yeah. it's Fox or Channel 9, the guy on the video, whenever the bunker makes a mistake, the, the broadcasters go back and show you another image and go, oh, yeah, see that? Yeah, he fucked up and got it wrong. So yeah. first there's the challenge when um, Rapana kicks out at the Warriors player and they look at it back and forth, they look at it back and forth and they go, Nah, it's not a penalty. Challenge is successful for Canberra. He didn't kick anyone. You go, he didn't kick anyone. Do you not see the guy's fingers just bend back and forward and then the Warriors player go, ah! <laughs> like, it's so obvious. It's like, so they go, okay, no worries. They flip, they, give, they, they call that successful to Canberra. Warriors have last tackle. They kick the ball up and then my fucking pet hate. You knew that there was going to be more opportunities for this when a guy's competing for the ball and they slow it down frame by frame. He goes for the ball. His arms up are going for the ball. As soon as the, the, the Raiders player secures the ball, he pulls his hands away. But of course, he's going to have an effect on the guy who has the ball. If you touch someone with a finger when they're up in the air, they're, you know, they're going to shift in the, in the air. Bang, penalty, challenge. No, sorry. It was, uh, and it goes up to the bunker, and the bunker goes, challenge is unsuccessful. He's tackled him in the air. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No. <sighs> oh, like you, they had the right idea. Get some players. Get players in there. But you know what? How about you? You got a, you got a, you got a ref. You got a player. Put someone else in there. I don't know. Pull some. Pull a fan up there. If we got a player, a ref, and a fan, let's get a majority. Why don't they just put it out to the people? So whenever they go to the video ref, everyone's at home. On everyone can vote. <laughs> they just vote. Trial or no trial from the evidence. And it's going to encourage more fans to watch the footy. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to go, oh, man, I've got to support my guys. I can't let the bunker fuck, fuck us up. Try. Try. <laughs> try. <laughs> no try. No try. It was a try. Yeah, it'd like to play. I would troll every single South Sydney game. <laughs> yeah. I'm here waiting. <laughs> and vice versa. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to. Um, you'd have to put the, the team that you support. <laughs> so you have so to you, register. Yeah, you'd, yeah, you'd have to register. Yeah. But honestly, I think the Warriors the Warriors have been on the wrong end of some decisions like so consistently this year. And you know, considering what they've gone through, it's yeah, it's a bit a bit of bad luck for them. But anyway, I'm I'm gonna keep ranting if I don't if I don't stop. So cut it up. Well, uh, from that run at straight, I reckon we should go to the shining light of the show. Our front row is scoring tries. How many did we have this weekend? Oh, Six. Six. We had six. <laughs> we had six, six trials for the front rows this week. Uh, we'll start off with Taniela Paseca, back-to-back trials. He scored one last week as well, didn't he? Yes, he did. He yes, did. He the big man are getting over consistently. He scored for the Burnley Ringer Seagulls. And then uh, Josh Alawai, he scored for yes. the Tigers, followed up by our favourite at the Melbourne Storm, Tino Fasumalawi. Fasumalawi. He scored himself and- a trials on. And I think if you didn't have that uh, old eight minutes or, or later in your multi, mate, you might have uh, you might have had him in there. Yeah, no, no, no. I had, I think I had. No, he wasn't in the eight minute one. The eight minute one was on the Friday night, I think. 
No, no, you can't. That was David Oakman. Yeah, Lesson learned. Lesson learned. Eight minutes on the Saturday. So <laughs> Don't try eight minutes or later. 72 points in the game. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and then uh, Brandon Hamlin Newelli for yeah. the Sharkies. He is a try scoring. Is he on machine. six? Yeah, is he on six? He's on six. Yeah, yeah. He's the, he's the leader. Or? Tino's on five. He's on five or six as well. He was on four or five. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, he's on five. Ten dollars per second. He's at least on two. He could be on three. I think he's on three. Yeah. The second's on three. Yeah. And, and then, then and then the two boys to the Newcastle Knights, the twins up there. Yeah, the Safiti boys. First off, Daniel. Second off, Jacob. So Fitzy. Gets Sorry, six. Tino's got seven. Tino's got seven. Seven takes the lead there. There you go. He took the lead. Mate, mate, the big man. Um, yeah, look, old boys day. Yeah, they all wanted to get a piece of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, they played well. They they uh, listened to the podcast. They actually heard the bar. You know, they they heard their fan, one of their fans, stick it up for them. But they also heard the other side of the fence saying, "Oi, boys, yeah, you, got a t- yeah, you got a bit of criticism." Yeah, yeah. And I, th- and I think I think that sort of it's timely. It's right. You know, at the same time, maybe the rest was good for them. But uh, also, you want them playing like that again one more week. You never know. Actually, they think, have they got the Titans this week. They do. They have the Titans. Have the that's Titans. a big game. That's let's a big game. Fair, let's be fair, case. If they can't beat the Titans, they don't deserve to be playing finals football, really. Yeah. No, Actually, look, sorry, that's a, I think, but I think that's a good... Yeah, that's a good test for... That's a good test for them, you know, coming into finals as a team that's on a bit of on a bit of a roll, got a bit of momentum. Look, they're still the Titans. They're yeah. still ninth for a reason. They're taking the Tigers' beloved spot, but they won four on the trot, so... You know, I think it's good to have a, a, a good kind of warm-up game coming into the Yeah, exactly. Because then they can play, you know, they play ninth, then they'll play seventh, and then they'll start to play the big teams. It could be a big build-up. So hopefully for the Knights, you know, they get they start to get a big year. Good off for them. Yeah, yeah well, look, after after the South um, South Sydney um, slip-up on Thursday night, uh, it's put them in prime position to play that first week up here at Hunter Stadium. And they'll be pumped, especially if they can have um, 50,000, uh, 50% crowd. Uh, you know, that means they can get 15,000, you know, of their from the Hunter Regional making as much noise as they can. First finals trip for seven years, and they'll be well fired up for that. Do you reckon you'll make an appearance, or you've got to be a member only? Yeah, look, there's too many members, mate. There's too many members in Newcastle for me to get a run, you know. I might be able to squeeze a ticket out of someone, but, you know, I wouldn't want to take that away from the real Knights fans. From real members, yeah, true. That's yeah. fair enough. Good support there. Uh, all right, then. So, we also got some dummy files. I don't think we've got any entrants. Right? But I'm, I'm, I've had a gut full of this guy. He's a manly player. Danny Levi. Now, he's been saved a couple of times for his dummy files because he's been jumping out and he's been getting set restarts. You know, a couple of times he might have got a penalty. But it's starting to border on the line of it starting to be a little bit inappropriate. And so well, he's, told, gonna, he's pushing the boundaries. I'm going to be handing him out a warning. You're not in the file, Levi. You've managed to avoid it for a large part of this season. But you've got one more game, Daddy. And for you, and the rest of the comp, they still can receive a warning. But for you, Daddy, you want to jump out of W half, you're going straight in the file. I'm not going to have it. We need a nip it in the butt. Well, on the, on the other end of that, from the top-end guys in out of dummy half, Joey Manu, coolest, coolest cat in the NRL. I love the way, you know, I can't can't remember who had that that hit up. Um, Was it, but they got the hit up on, they got to about the 10 or 11 meter line and Freddie Lussick pushes up to get in a dummy half. Manu just comes in, pushes him out of the way and just picks it up. And he, when he runs, like when he runs to the line there, he doesn't look like he's running super fast, but every step looks like it has power in it. And he just sort of, it's like he just lumbered his way up there and went, yeah, I'll get through these guys. I'll get through them. Because he could just see they're all on the back foot. He goes, yeah. if you're not coming up on defense, I'm getting through you. Yeah, and yeah. he just went through about four of them. He's, he's, he's right. He's got a good good uh, sense of out of at the moment, isn't he? It's a little bit like Tedesco. And when he got put to fullback, I don't necessarily feel like he played as good as Tedesco. But just the way that he's strutting on the field and the way yeah. that he's carrying the ball, the way that he's going into the contact, yeah, Even that time when he bombed that try, he bombed the try for Orbo to go straight over in the first yeah. set, you know. But yeah. that's the feel that he's got, is that he's going, he's so confident that he was so confident that he thought of just a little dummy 
and that's all he needed because they were going to stop him after. But yeah. they just didn't fall for the dummy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they, they yeah. smacked him. You know? Yeah. And I think he's also thinks like, well, I fall for the, I'll throw the dummy and they should fall. But even if they don't, I'm good enough to get, all I need is to get one of these big mitts free and I'll just, <laughs> I can do the finger flick. I can do the finger flick out. So, yeah, no, he's impressive, Joey Manu. 20, and what, he's 24? He's not even 24 yet. Well, there was six in 2016. That was their under-20 season. We, we spent yeah. that weekend down in... Yeah, was it Kalala Bay? Kalala Bay? Uh, Kalbara. No, it wasn't Kalbara. It was like a Kalala. Yeah, look, I, yeah. I, I, we wouldn't know too much about the bay. We only saw the inside of the house. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> but that's, 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 that's for... Two, well, I saw the outside of the house when I when we cooked up everyone breakfast in the morning. <laughs> the rest of that story is for two on the tackle after dark. <laughs> yes, that's right. Stay tuned for the after dark session. No, but um, so we didn't have any matches of focus from last week. But I'm going to be straight up and honest with you. I've got my blinkers on. You know what I mean? Like I'm watching all the other games. I'm tipping the toe in there, here and there. You know, I might put a bit, a bit of, bit of a bet on it just to show a little bit of interest. But the truth of the matter is, Cass. There's only one team at the moment that I give a fuck about. And they're up against their arch rivals, cross town, local derby rivals, South City Rabbitohs. Yeah, that's who we got facing this week. One week out before the finals. You know, we're both finals contenders. So how do you think that game's shaping up as we lose yeah, look, the last week of the finals season? Too? Well, look, it's always a big match because it is a rivalry match. You know, there's so much history between the two clubs. So... We've always said whether both teams towards the bottom or you've got one up and one down, there's, there's always feeling in the match, you know, whether there's a separation of talent or not. Um, and of recent years, you know, both teams have been strong. They've both, you know, both been quite often fixturing in the eight. So, um, yeah, it's exciting. Perfect for both sides going into the finals. The South, you know, they're going to have to, they're going to get a real test against a, a top four side and, a, you know, the premiership favourites um, by all bookmakers. Um, and I guess to see where they're at, I mean, you don't really. You're not, it's not about finding where you're at one week out from the finals, but you know, a good test of, of what to push against, um, ready for finals footy to to make a push. And then for the Roosters, um, I think it's the draws really worked out really well for them. I think um, in that the last four the last four rounds coming into this have been all against other top eight opponents. You know, going through five, six, seven, and eight, and you know the. They put every team to the sword, and you know by Robbo's only own admissions are after the game. You know, you know it was it was okay. You know, and that you know there was plenty of flashes of brilliance, and it was very fast from the Roosters against the Sharks. So I expect them to play with a lot of speed. Um, I'm sure there'll probably be a couple of guys who might get the week off just to freshen them up before the uh, before the weekend. They sort of he's been rotating those key guys, and you know a couple at a time. Um, but there's no two ways about it. The Roosters want to win, and the South and Souths want to win. You know, no one, no one wants to lose that game and everyone wants that um, Ron Coote shield, you know. Yeah. Now, just quickly on that Ron Coote shield, I think they do it wrong. How I'd like them to do it is, okay, whoever wins it at the end of this season, that's it, and they will carry it on to next year. So, say, for example, I think how it is at the moment, it's a collective score, cognitive score of the yeah, it's an aggregate. Of the year. Right, so whoever wins it that way this year, that's fine. They keep it going to next year. But next year, they do it differently. How would they do it differently? So if South Sydney hold the Ron Coot Cup into next season and they win the first game, they win the Ron Coot Cup yep. in the first game. It's, it's a one-game cup. One-game cup, not a one-year cup. But if they lose that game... No, 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 it's not a one-game cup. If they lose that game, means the second game of the year is the decider. So yeah, the okay. needs to win the title back, win the trophy back, have to win both games to take it off them. Okay, so it's like the... Like the um... Bledisloe. The NBA playoffs, the NBA, or oh, like the Bledisloe. Yeah, that's true. Bledisloe say, it's like the two years. When they used to, sorry, when they used to only play two matches for the Bledisloe. Yeah. Those, I was going to say, it's much like the, the way the NBA did their, their, um, their, playing, their playing tournament with the eight and the yeah. nine seed. Yeah. So the eight seed only has to win the first game. But the nine seed, if they win the first game, then we go to the next one as a decider and the winner goes through. Yeah, yeah. I just feel as though if you do it that way, it makes, it makes the first game a wrong coup game. And then the second one, the wrong coup game as well. Whereas sometimes the scoreline, the losing team in the second game wins it. And it's, yeah. it's, it's a hollow I would be, oh, yeah. To be honest, I'd be happy if it's just 
It's one game. Just move yeah. it each game. Yeah, like, cool. cool. Run, coo- run coo- shields up for grabs. Every game. Fuck, you win it. Every game. Every game. Like, yeah, all right, yeah. Roosters have got it. Souths have got it. All right, Roosters have had it five games in a row. Or Souths have had it for, you know, the last three years. Fuck, we're going to get that shield back. Yeah, yeah. True. Every, That's every how I, I like it. But I do like your way as well. Because there's, you know, it, it does, there is some, um, you know, there's some merit in, in winning it. And then you've got to take it off us. So you need to sort of punch us first before it's back up for grabs. Yeah, yeah. So that way, when you hold it, you're like, all right, I'm the champ. You've got to take it off me. Yeah, yeah, true. No, but yeah, they both would work. But just different to how it is now, I don't, I don't really... Yeah, I could get stupid. That's yeah, just fucking yeah. dumb. Uh, but back in the game, it's, it's, um, it's, it's one of those situations where uh, Wayne Bennett will have them simmering and he'll be able to get them to perform. And, and I feel as though the Ford pack, they've all bought, they, they are not necessarily South Sydney through and through, but Sam Burgess is still at the club. John Sutton's still there. He's sitting amongst it. Tom Burgess is still playing for them. You know, yeah. Adam Reynolds is their ha- captain and halfback. So mm-hmm. I think you can still get that that vibe. And amongst all those other South City players, and they'll all buy into this little thing that, you know, they don't expect anything from us. But what I've noticed, when Robbo's been in charge of the Roosters, is, don't get me wrong, we've succumbed to some of those battles where, you know, they'll below us and or whatever. But I feel as though he has prepared the Roosters better for these occasions. Mainly because I think he buys into the occasion as well. He does. He has so much pride in the Roosters' um, aura, the Roosters' fabric. You know, we are Eastern Suburbs. We are the Sydney Roosters. And there's no bigger... He he understands what fans believe. And every fan knows, like, okay. But first first and foremost, you know, every fan... Look, you want your team to win the comp. Um, and as Roosters and South fans, you want to win the comp. So the grand final, that's your most important game. The second most important game is every time you play South. <laughs> like, every, every, it is. Like, and for South Sydney, I'm sure it's the same. Yeah, yeah. You know, that is a rivalry. That's the essence of a rivalry. So you don't want to take that away, take away from that by being like, oh, look, we're just here for the big prize and the business and it's just another game. It's like, no. Like, I love that he does. He does. You're right. He buys into it. He's like, this is an important game. We're playing our rivals, you know. This, this should mean something. And when it does mean something, then this jersey means something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and Bennett's the same. He's been around long enough. Um, and for, for South, you know, they've, they've, they've been poor the last two weeks, playing against lesser opposition. And they've kind of had a bit of this habit in their game throughout the season where they've, you know, whether they've been inconsistent with dropping the ball or they've gone in and out of matches here and there. And sometimes you've seen that when they come up against a team that they kind of know they're better than. Um, because they've got so much talent in that back line and so much great skill in their skill players, they can just put some tries on. But then they've, they've just had lapses. And it nearly bit them in the ass against the Tigers. It got them last week against the Bulldogs, you know. You yeah. lose to the last. You're playing against the team that's come last and they're, they're up 20-0. Irrelevant whether you've got a man in the sin bin. They're coming last. They've yeah. won two games this year. Like, they struggle to score 20 points Every week. They struggle to score two tries every week. So you can't be in that position. So they'll be fired up. They'll be really fired up. And obviously, they want to give themselves a chance to have a home final. You know, you know, you know give, they've got to take that out of... put At least put it uh, pressure on the Knights. Yeah, and I'm yeah. sure they'd rather play in Sydney than Newcastle. It's not a big deal, but it, it's, it's probably more of a deal for South to take that away from the Knights than for the, from the Bunnies to have it themselves. I don't think South are as worried about going to Newcastle, but I'm sure they know Newcastle would love to play in Newcastle. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know uh, what I mean? Yeah, 100%. It's like one of those, when they talk about penalties, you do, you do, you do what the opposition doesn't want you to do. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, Friday Night Clash, look, it's perfect coming, it's perfect, it's the perfect game coming into, um, into the finals um, for both sides. Um, and it's a perfect game for the NRL. You know, after the weekend, we had a lot of big point scores and, you know, a lot of, a few, quite a few blowouts along the way with, you know, top teams playing poor teams. So I'm glad that they, they corrected their error from a couple of years ago when they decided not to put the Roosters and the Bunnies in round one and round whatever the last round is. That's how it should always be. Yeah, well, this year they didn't do it that way. They had us round three in from the beginning. And it's yeah, just... but at least they got the first part right. The second part right. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's got to be round one. 
Yeah, just get it, kick it off, and then finish it off, and we'll be ready to go for the finals. Ready to go. It's an interesting one. So, also, just on some of the games as well, there's there's going to be the game between the Raiders, and I think the Raiders, they play... They play the Sharks. They play the Sharks this week. Yep. There's a possibility they could play each other next week as well. Is that right? Very possible. Like Very strong, possible. Strong possibility. Strong, unless, unless Parramatta lose, basically. Yeah. If Parramatta lose, and then the Raiders are playing for a top four spot. So, they're obviously, for Canberra, they want to win because they're playing before Parramatta. And I give the Tigers a sniff against Para. I mean, we've seen how Para have been of late. And for the Tigers, the last game for Benji. You know, he's Tigers folklore. Um, how was it the last you know, game for Benji? He's on minimum wage. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And the way, that, the way they handled it, it's atrocious. He, it's, I, could, I could move him on. I could genuinely move him on. If he was on money, yeah, he was on the least amount you could be allowed to pay someone. So no, I think it's pay. less. Yeah, I think it's less about money. It's more about you know, I guess they're trying to make a decision on their halves. Um, and you know, and I still think he's the best half they've got in the club. He's the um, best half in the club, but I can understand if he doesn't. If um, they can go get someone better, but there's no point playing the guy who's not better than him, because yeah. in that time, by the time he eventually does get better than Benji. You could have bought another one. I think they obviously still have a lot of faith in Luke Brooks. And Luke Brooks, I think Luke Brooks and Benji don't seem to work great together um, as well as they, as well as other combos can because Benji is, you know, because Benji is so good, he, he can be the more dominant playmaker and kind of as he should be. But for Luke Brooks to be the halfback that they want him to be, he needs to be the top dog. And kind of, you know, like when the Panthers, where the top dog, what does he do? Does well, I don't mean top dog. Just you know, you, it's your ship kind of thing. Like you know, there's there's usually a more dominant half, and uh, um, you know, unless, unless you've got more different kind of roles and attributes. But if um, the, 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 I, I don't look to me. Look, I don't agree with it personally. I I would keep Benji. Why are we getting rid of him? He's like you've turfed him out of this club twice. You don't yeah. deserve him. Yeah, yeah. The Tigers don't deserve Benji, man. And he was all class. I really hope he signs somewhere else. Like, I really Let hope something. Fuck, that'd be great. Where are we going to put him? Halfback. Five eight. The halfback. <laughs> He's doing a great job, but we, we can bang it on the door. If it's on minimum wage. Be back. The thing is, he can, he, he's on minimum wage. He'd take minimum wage, wouldn't he? Yeah. Look, he needs to play somewhere. I think he will. I think he will. He said it clearly. He's like, I don't want to retire. Like, but just on, just on, on, on Luke Brooks' situation, if he is a dominant half, there's not many halfbacks or halves that are going around that are worse than him. It's, you know, I'm not trying to be cruel here, but that's my assessment of it. So if, he's the, the, if he is to be the dominant half, he needs a 5'8". That's not, not a big-time big 5'8", really. You know what well, it's not about not being a big time five eight. I guess it's the style of five eight, um, because Benji, I, I, like at the moment, really Benji's a halfback. You can call him a six all you want, but he's a halfback. Um, and this year, Luke Brooks hasn't been to the to the player and the potential he can be. You no, know, I know a couple of years ago he played a lot better. That's what it's, this is. Just what I think that the Tigers are doing. It's not what I believe in my mind, um, but this is what I believe that they're doing. Um, but like I said, the Tigers don't deserve Benji. They don't deserve him the way they've treated him. Um, and it just, again, it all comes from the top. Fractures in the board, stems down through the management. They've been through, what, like nine coaches in 11 years, you know? And it's a board that goes, oh, it's not working. Sack the coach. You know, <laughs> where does that get you? And then the new coach goes, all right, I want these players. And they get these players in. They sack the coach. And the new coach comes in all right, no, I want to get this guy and I want to make sure I keep my job because I've got a two-year contract. And next thing you know, you're five years down the track and you've got all these players who you say are on bloated contracts because the coaches had a gun to their head, like perform or sack you. And it's like, okay, well, fuck, I want to try and get some players. You see a player that you want. Another club smells desperateness or the player or the manager, sorry, smells desperateness. They go, oh, we can get a bit out of this. They want you. And that's how you end up with Russell Packard there on massive money. And Josh Reynolds, I love Josh Reynolds. But you know he's on like eight or nine hundred grand reportedly. Like that's a lot of money to be paying a guy to be paying a guy that you're not picking every week. Yeah, I would have picked him. They should have. I would exactly, exactly. I would have picked him too. Um, but then they're like, okay, well, I would just play Benji and Josh Reynolds. But then what? You're going to drop? You're going to drop Luke Brooks? 
Yes. I guess that's the, and yeah, but then that's the decision you're gonna make. Oh, we've got to get rid of Luke Brooks. So he's on another big contract. So the problem is they just have no stability in their club, and there's no stability in their club, so there's no stability in their um uh, all the way down through their playing group. So and that's why they're finishing ninth and tenth of the league. Yeah. What what the where the mistake they made was when you know how like Kieran Foran, he can be injured forever long. The moment that he's fit, he's starting number six. Mm. Doesn't matter how long he's been out for, the first week back, he starts. Number six, no questions. That should have been the thing when Adam Reynolds got when Josh Reynolds got injured at the Tigers. Okay. But Benji came in though. Yeah. Brooks, a lighter bolt. Yeah. Well, I guess that's the better step. They, they, deserve, they deserve themselves. They deserve themselves, I guess, in the end. You're going to work yourself back in the team. You're going back to reserves. Okay, we've got competition in their halves. If you want to go elsewhere, go elsewhere. But right now, Benji's our number one because he's our captain. And Adam Reynolds is the... Josh Reynolds is the guy we're paying a shitload of money and he's probably better than you. Yeah. That's not a knock. I'm not knocking Luke Brooks. What I'm talking about is they just didn't get the right order of the the who should have been in where for how long and when it should happen. Well, this is just... I guess it's just... This is the... I guess the disease of the struggling clubs where, you know... As they say, it's always easier to sack a coach than you can to change a roster because there are things that are locked in and whatever else. And it it can work because you can get a coach in who can change a few pieces and tweak a few things, get a different message out there and, and get the most out of the players. But that's what the best coaches can do. And there's, there's only a certain number of those great coaches who could do that with, with most squads and others need more help in and around it. So they just haven't got it right. And that's why they're outside the eight again, you know. Um, but look, you know, last game, I'd like to think they're going to turn up. Um, and they're coming up against a team that has struggled to score this week, this year, uh, this last six weeks. Yeah, last, I think the last, I think it's now the last, um, that's the second time they've scored 20 points this year, Parramatta, in the last uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, the last eight weeks. The last, so they've scored 20 points since the last time they played the Tigers in round 11. Yeah. They won 26-16. Since then, the two teams they've scored 20 points against, the Warriors and the Broncos. <laughs> and they actually scored, the Broncos could be happy with that defensive effort because it's less than what they've conceded on average. <laughs> um, the, Broncos are, the Broncos are conceding 32 points a game. Um, Parramatta managed to get 26, although it probably should have been 30 given the Virgo try. They conceded 62 times. So take that out of the average and well, be a little, little bit lower than 32. But why are you taking it out of the average? Why? Why would I take it out of the average? Is because I feel like the Roosters' attack against the Broncos' defence is an outlier. But that's why it's an average. Yeah. Well, the Tigers, the Tigers put 48 points on them. Yeah, I wouldn't take that out. I wouldn't take that out. Why are you not taking that out, but you're taking the Roosters out? Because the Roosters and... The, well, it's not an average then. It is. It's a selective big banker average. It is a selective big baby average. <laughs> I'm not saying that it's not going to be high, but it'd be more true to actually how good, accurate their... Oh, you see, it's not because the averaging, chucking them in the average. I just, Mate, the average is the average. You know, you know in the Olympics when they do the diving and they take yeah. the bottom score off and they take the top score off and then they mm-hmm. do the average of the rest? Yeah. It's just I like it. I love it. It's a more controlled, more controlled. Sport. I suppose you are getting more towards the the mean of what it is, but yeah, look, it's that's a big game. Like I said, I think that's you know obviously the Sharks Sharks uh, Raiders is a big game. In well, there's not going to be a lot of movement out of those two sides. It's again interesting, like the Dragons and Parramatta uh, back in '09 when they played each other in the last round. But that one, and then they played each other the following week, and that was when Parramatta were on that hot run. It's almost like they'll we'll, we'll lay it up for them, but then we're going to fucking hit them with a knockout next week. We're going to do the old rope dope on them. Yeah. Um, I don't think the, shark, the Sharks don't have the troops to do the old rope dope on the Raiders, nor are they playing anywhere near well enough, especially after, unfortunately, yet another Achilles injury. Um, my heart really stank for, for Johnson then. As soon as he fell, I was like, oh, no, that looks Achilles. You know, when you see the guy just drop with nothing, um, like he's, he's you know, been kicked... Chip, you know, you know when you're at school and you walk, you you know you're walking through the hallways and there's always that wanker trying to like kick your other leg and trip you over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, that's what it looks like when those those go down. So, yeah, tough for them. But I mean, the Raiders are one. Ricky more from his team. Do you think he'll be able to do be back to what he was best at? Who, Sean Johnson? Yeah. Well, he's what he's shown this year is he's shown so much more than just you know the the big play and the big that big step and break the line footwork. He's shown how much more he's got in his um in his playmaking with his kicking and his passing and shoot making the right option. So that gives me confidence that he can still be a really, really good player. But look, any footy player when they've when speed is a part of their game and they do an Achilles, it's yeah, um, it's worrisome. Obviously you know? that pace um, that he may lose might not make him as effective in his his threats. But it just means he's just got a, you know, it's it's improving that the smarts in your game, that IQ, um, yeah. you know, which is a really important element of of a half, and that's what I think he's really grown into this year. And no, really impressive, really impressive year from John Johnson. Um, but like he's thirty now, so you know when you're doing an Achilles injury, then like Kobe Bryant did an Achilles in two thousand and twelve, two thousand and twelve at the end of that season, or twelve thirteen, sorry, so. The beginning of 2013, he did an Achilles, and that was his last really great year. Um, before you know, retired, he hung up the hung up the the boots, the shoes, the hoop, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, and he was about 30. Was he? So he would have been like maybe 32, 33. Um, and he's never really the same after that. Now again, basketball things like Achilles, knees, and ankles, I think, is even more. Um, can be all, even more detrimental because they're doing so much change of direction um, on a hardwood floors. But it's, yeah, it's a worrisome injury, the Achilles. Yeah. Especially when you're older. You know, if you're going to do, do that, you want to, like, it's terrible that it happened to Victor Radley as well, but at least he's young. You know, he's 22. He can recover from that a lot, um, a lot easier than someone who's ticking over the 30s. Yeah, yeah. He's 30? He's 30. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's how long he's been around, mate. Do you remember 2011 when he he burst on the scene, um, and the Warriors had that grand final run. So would he have been 2021 20, then? Yeah, so he would uh, he would have just turned 21. Yeah, wow. 1990, 1990. So and look, it's really unfortunate for him too because it's it's that year and then uh, 2018 when the Warriors made the finals. There is two finals trips in his career. And he's about to have, he's probably been his best, most complete year of his career. And he's been a massive catalyst for the Sharks to get there. And now he's not going to be able to be part of it. So, um, yeah, I feel for him because he's always good to watch, Sean Johnson. And he was playing well, you know, in a, in a struggling team. Poor Sean Johnson. But he's had a kid this year. So, be happy about that. Yeah, for sure. You know, that maturity. Look, I think, for the, especially you see so much in halves when they get to... 20, past 27, 27, 28, 29, like that, they're really starting to come into their game from that t- to almost 28 to 30 is when they're, they've got the most experience from that position, naturally. Um, and they probably can't rely on their athleticism as much. And they're just, you know, they're really well-rounded. And that's why I guess what Nathan Cleary is doing this year is just so impressive, you know, because he is so young, um, but he has a really good feel for the game. So, but big game for Canberra. Canberra want to win because they know they win that game. They put all the pressure on Parramatta. Um, so Parramatta's got to beat the Tigers to get in the top four. Because if Parramatta lose that, then Parramatta finish fifth. And I was thinking about this before the, that weekend. I was like, fuck, it could happen. I would still think that Parramatta should beat the Tigers. Um, especially, look, if you want to finish in the top four, you want to give yourself a sniff, you've got to beat the Tigers. Um, but being Benji's last game, there's enough there that, that the Tigers could cause an upset. And I thought, well, if the Tigers could upset them, Parramatta slipped to fifth, the Raiders go into the top four, with, which is what we really think are the top four sides. And then you get Penrith Canberra. And I know Penrith towed them up last time, but finals footy, they'll be right up there for it. And then you could have Parramatta playing the Sharks. If Sean Johnson's in that side, you know, they can maybe do enough to cause an upset as well. So, um, but I just, I don't see any of that happening now. So, can, no, South can't finish eighth, can they? No, nah, they can't finish eighth. Oh, nah, I think the four, they'd have to get... We, the Roosters would have to flog them. Oh, okay. Like, flog them, and then the Sharks would have to flog the Raiders. 
the, what, the, the, um, the for and against difference is like 107. So there'd need to be a 50-point swing either side. You know, the Roosters, the Roosters have to beat South by like 60. And then the Sharks need to beat the Raiders by 40. Yeah, yeah, we could do it. So look, they're they're pretty locked in that position. It's it's the most the most movement in the eight can be um, the Knights and South, you know, flipping positions and just changing who who who's playing at home, and then Parramatta and the Raiders. Oh, um, oh look, obviously, and the Roosters as well. The Roosters <laughs> are locked in the four, but if they were to lose to the Bunnies, they could drop down to fourth um, with a Parramatta win. So well, hopefully, we get our job done. Yeah, look, I would expect I would expect the Roosters to get the job done. There is there is another big game on the on the weekend week. Um, not so much with uh, connotations towards October football, um, but definitely for historical context. And that's the first game of the the week. Um, the Broncos Cowboys. Oh yes, was it battle of Queensland? Well, two Queensland sides battling out, and the Broncos trying to avoid their first ever wooden spoon. Yep. Have the now these two sides five years ago were playing in the grand final. Both of these two sides playing the grand final. Now they're 16th and 14th. Oh. And uh, the Broncos, um, obviously, they want to try and send Darius Boyd out on a high, but they're just they're dropping like flies. They can't score points. Um, and look, yours truly here, I, I, I'll be very invested in that game. Um, uh, two months ago, I, I, I dropped a little money on the, the Broncos to get the wooden spoon at $9. Yeah, yeah. And there was nobody cheering harder last Thursday on the Bulldogs. Nobody, you know, I I wasn't even watching the start of the game. Like I was like, oh, fuck, I'm not watching this game. And then I was like, oh, I check the score, and then I'm like, oh, the Bulldogs are up. I'm like, eight now. I'm like, oh, whatever, they'll run that down. And they scored another try. I'm like, fucking turn it off. Let's see what's going on here. And they were up again. And I'm like, come on, you doggies, let's go. So I can't believe that it's now coming down to this last game where I've, I, I, as a as a punter, I'm, I'm I'll be all over the Cowboys to try and get the job done against the Broncos. That you know, that ever uh, punters battle in their head is like, should I cash out? Do I, do I ride it? Do I cash out? Do I ride it? But I think I'm going to ride it, mate. If you, uh, look, I'm back. If you had to tell me, like, uh, that my, like all, I had, all I need to collect is for the Broncos to lose one more game, I'd probably take it. <laughs> I'd probably take it, to be honest. Like, they've won one game since March. Who was that against the Bulldogs? Well, they funnily enough, this is one of the teams they beat. The one team they win beat was the Bulldogs, and the other two teams they beat pre-COVID <laughs> a million a million years ago before the shutdown were the Bunnies and the Cowboys. Now they were two very different teams in a very different feels like in a very different world. Um, but the Cowboys aren't playing too well either. You know they've they've won like only they've only won a, two or three games in this little run, but they're better than the Broncos, I think. Is now it's not exactly matching focus type games, and it's not going to be um, real pretty. But again, it's a it's a rivalry. It's two Queensland sides. I'm sure the Cowboys would love to get it over the Broncos and have them finish last. Do you think Jason Tabalolo should be playing? Disregard the bet. Yeah, I'll, I'll he, should, be, he should fucking start. If I was badly, and if I was badly in the Cowboys, in the Broncos. It's too late now for the fucking Broncos. Actually, no, not the Broncos, because I'm trying not to come last. But mainly in the in the Cowboys, I wouldn't be playing Turbo, and I wouldn't have been playing Jason Tabalolo for the rest of the year. Yeah, look, there's, there is a balance there you got to have. Like, you can't just wrap all your players in cotton wool because fucking injuries are part of... Oh, they just, they're going to happen. And at some point, the players are like, man, I want to play. I want to play. Yeah, you know? And for Turbo, obviously, he's like, I want to play. I haven't played in three months. You know, we've been obviously super careful with his hamstring injury. And he knows, and it wasn't a hamstring injury that ended up happening, but obviously not having a lot of footy can quite often lead to other injuries. But he wants to play Origin and all those things. And for Tao Malolo, like, he's just like, man, I want to play footy. Like, I'm fit. Like, if, if he's coming back, it means he's healthy. It's not like, oh, I'm about 90%. I'm just going to try and push myself to get back. He's like, no, I'm fit. I can play. Like, okay, you can rest me just in case I don't get injured. You can rest me next year just in case. I'm not, but I understand, though. We're not playing for anything. But I don't know. For the fans, too. You know, you can't just... You've got to find a balance between... Yeah, yeah you're right. Obviously, protecting that, that future. But at the same time, like, fuck. It's like, it's like, you know... We could all walk around with a wrapped-in bubble and never leave our houses. And we could be safe. 
but life is not about the years that you live. It's the days in your life. Yeah, I get that. And you're just a little mini investment. Mini investment. I just was shocked to see Tamalolo run out. I was shocked. And then to just think, like, I'm a, I love watching Turbo play. And when he plays, they win. So I was like, I just want to, I love watching him improve that stat right more correct every time he plays. I love it. Yeah. But then as he got injured, I just thought, oh, they should have just left him not play. There's two games yeah. left. Oh, yeah, just sometimes. But then again, you're right. The player wants to play, so you just let him play. The fans, yeah. they want to see Cause like, play. Because what other flow-on effects as well can happen from, you know, there's a player who really wants to play and, and the club's just like, no, we're not playing you. Like you, you know, and some, there are times when you've, they've got to, they're going to put their foot down on certain things. But, you know, it can, it can have other effects that might not be a physical injury, you know. Um, you know, within that, within that relationship with the coach and with their training staff. It's like, well, fuck, let me play, mate. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just think that he's a footy player. Let him play. If he's fit, if he's passed the test, let him play. Yeah, fair enough. But, I, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's fucking rugby league. It's like when they're penalising these guys for um, they're finding new charges in every tackle for what's an illegal tackle. Yeah. They're like, oh, you, you have a duty of care as a defender. It's like... It's fucking rugby league, mate. This is what happens. Injuries okay. happen. It's is a physical game. Like yeah. that, jun- the fact that Junior Polo first got charged, then got cited. He so he got penalised. Then he got put on report. Then he got charged. Yeah, it's outrageous. And 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 as someone said, as I was listening to the the boys on the the Saturday scrum on Triple M, and they go, well, if Fafita doesn't get injured, there is that a penalty? Yeah. No, it's not a penalty. So why are we why are we deciding on penalties? Based off a player's reaction, but I've been saying I've been I've been fucking saying this for longer than ten years. Yeah, it's it's fucking stupid. It's so stupid, and this is why milking is part of the game because the players know if they, you know, if I grab my neck or I do this, I'll slow it down to look at something, and then if you slow something down, if you put something in slow motion, you can in 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 rugby league where you've got two or three blokes trying to bring down a 120-kilo man, especially someone like Fafita. Like, um, I, I listened to Mitchell Moses. They asked Mitchell Moses about it. He goes, yeah, look, he's a hard man to bring down, Fafita. Like, he's a hard guy to tackle. You're trying to wrap the ball up. You're trying to get his legs. Like, I don't know what you're supposed to do. Like, yeah. I know there's a duty of care for guys, but what, what are you supposed to do? I said, this, I said this on the on our... Um... I just put up a post on Instagram about it. It was after the Jaden Sewer, Lincoln Lewis, Lachlan Lewis um, incident. And the, the, what they don't try to, they always forget to mention the fact that it is a brutal, ferocious, borderline violent game. That is the game. And there are some people that don't proceed any further or don't do well in the game because they're not willing to do that. It doesn't mean that only that mentality survives, but the truth is that's what happens in the game. So it's not not fairy tale out there. And it's, you know, it's... The players go in knowing this risk. That's why they're there. We're not watching children play. No, I would not like to see my child go through that. That's a fucking child. If my child then became a fucking adult and that's what they wanted to do, I'd be happy to watch it because I know what it is. But well, if you, you just, you just it, know this is going to happen in the finals, man. You know, there's going to be some fucking stu- like I don't know where they come up with these charge, these new ta- like I've never I've never heard of the hip drop. I don't know, hip drop. Hip drop like tackle. Look, it wasn't a fucking hip drop. It was a, I'm trying to tackle this big cunt. That's what that was. He's grabbed him and he's slipping down, trying to hold on to him. This guy, Fafita, is is moving three other men while they're trying they're trying to stop him. They they can't fully control everything. If they could, they would have stopped him five meters ago. If they could, they wouldn't need three men to bring him down. Yeah. They don't fucking oh they do, but it's just some of the reasoning behind it. That's why they need to get me and you back in to run this game. Now we've got um, football charge. Take care of. We need to get into the referee's box. We also need to get a job at the Tigers because we can fix the fucking Tigers while we're at it as well. No, I don't want nothing to do with them gutless, gutless oh, wonders. They, they got to let they make their bed. They line it. Don't I like the way they're treated. Benji. I do but I do like the idea. Let's get him in the red, white, and blue, Benji. I don't want to. I don't want to take Cole's spot, but 
We'll take you. We'll take you. We'll look after we love you. you. We'll treat you well. But I just wanted to, before we finish off the show, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit more about the basketball and how that's yeah. up. Exciting. Very exciting. Yeah, we're, um, we're at the conference finals. I don't know um, if we discussed much last week about the basketball. Obviously, I'm sure the world knows of an historic collapse from the LA Clippers um, against the Denver Nuggets, the, comeback, the Colorado comeback kids. Um, I think we might have touched on it last week. It was going into game seven. And, you know, all year it was touted as they were everyone's title favorites and because Kawhi was the flavor of the year because he won with Toronto last year. Um, and, oh, he's the best player in the world. He could, he could win a third title on a third team and a third finals MVP. And this battle of LA Clippers and Lakers, that's going to just, the winner's going to come out of that. And then probably the Bucks in the East. Well, the Bucks are gone. The Clippers are gone. The Lakers are still standing. We've got two great, um, uh, great sort of contests battling out. Um, definitely the East, the Miami Heat versus Boston Celtics. That's that's going to be the most exciting series out of the two. Um, obviously, currently it's it's two one to Miami. You know they've been really hot. I think they've been a big surprise for everyone this playoffs. No pun intended. They don't have that. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. No pun intended. They've just, um, they have a really great team. You know, they do have a star in Jamie Butler, but he's not like a super, superstar. You know, he's one of the top, I reckon he's a top 15 player in the league, no doubt. But they have a great collection of guys. And something about the Heat, they have a real culture about them. Um, in just within the organization. A lot of that comes from Pat Riley, where, you know, some, they, they they love all the one percenters, you know. It's and you know it's it's cliche, but not everyone sort of hamper. That's their main focus. Okay, you you know if you're out there um, making shots, of course we've got to get balls and uh, buckets in the in uh, the basketball in the hoop and score points and defense. But it's like when there's a loose ball and you're not on the ground hustling like Marcus Smart is, I'll fucking yank you. I don't care if you drain three threes in a row. You know we're going to out defend them. We're going to out condition them. We're going to out-hustle them, and we will never give up. And it's really part of their, their ethra through the Miami Heat. It's a, it's a really well-run organization, and, and it's really been part of that run this year. They've just got a great collection of talent. A lot of – none of their guys um, – they've got nobody in their starting lineup that was drafted in the top 20, I don't think, which is impressive. You've got Duncan Robinson, who went undrafted two years ago, played Division Three college basketball, and now he's starting for the Miami Heat in the conference finals. Duncan Robinson. Is there another so he, player called Duncan Robinson? Uh, no. Maybe not. Who might the be another. There's a David Robinson that David played for the Spurs. Robinson. David Robinson played for the Spurs. One two-time champ, MVP, defensive player of the year. I've got his, I've got his uh, jersey hanging up in my cupboard. Um, but the Celtics, you know, a lot of great young talent. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. You talk about how the Heat, they're all about one percenters. I feel like the Boston Celtics, they're renowned for that as a... As a club and a franchise, you know, they do a lot of dirty work. They like to get roll their sleeves up. But if it turns into a little bit of a dog fight, traditionally the Boston Celtics, they're happy to get into a bit of a dog fight there. Yeah, happy. look, they've got a good they've got a look, they've got a got a lot of a lot of sort of um plays and mantra like that as well. And they've had a lot of guys like that. That's um just just something that's a real ether of the heat. You know, the Celtics have they've been fortunate enough to have a couple of these really great picks. Jason Tatum, superstar. Um, Marcus Smart is, you know, he's my favorite Celtic, without a doubt. I fucking love that guy. And, you know, after game two, they went down game two, uh, they lost game two after uh, being up in both games. They had double digit leads in game one and game two. They lost game one in overtime and they lost game two. Again, they were up by, uh, they're up by 17 points with less than two minutes to go in the second quarter. And they just didn't ice that end of that that half, that end of the quarter going into the half. You know, you talk about it in rugby league about that that last five or ten minutes and the first five or ten minutes either side of the half is, can be really important. And obviously, the end of the game, no doubt. And they could have, they made a sort of they had a rush possession, um, missed a couple of bad plays and made a poor read and didn't hustle on a, a rebound. And they could have had a twenty point lead. Instead, the Heat managed to flip it and make it a thirteen point lead going into the half. And then just came out and just blew the pants off them, and they were they just played harder. They out hustled them. There was you know, there was a really damp, uh, damning image where Miami's had a shot. There's four Celtics in and around the basket, looking there, waiting for the rebound. And then 
Bam and Abayo just comes straight up and jumps in between all of them and gets the rebound. Um, so little things like that, you know, Jimmy Butler saving, getting the steal, saving the loose ball, flicking it in, and four Heat players running up the court in support and one Boston. And you know, it's Marcus Smart trying to chase up. So after game two, you know, there were reports of a blow up um, in the locker room. Marcus Smart was yelling and screaming and throwing shit. Um, you know, look, these are things that these are professional athletes and they're playing on the highest stage. They're playing in the conference finals. This is a chance to get in the grand final. A bit of fire and arguments is not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. Um, and that's how, that's how I heard When I heard it, I was like, good. I was like, that's good. The Celtics are going to come out fired up. Um, you know, because they're obviously just going, they're calling each other out. Not in a like... He's the leader. He would be there, you know, for... He's the most vocal person in that. In that. Yeah, he's the, the leader. The, the Golden State Warriors, he'd be there, Draymond Green. May not be there. Without a doubt. Player, but if he's not performing, they're probably not... They're, he's their, their bull. He's their... their yeah. Well, Marcus Smart is never not performing because what Marcus Smart does on the court is not what you put in a box score. But um, you know when you talk about ice hockey and there's always that player that looks after their superstar? Yeah, the enforcer. Yeah. Sorry, he's their enforcer. Mm. So, yeah, if he's well, he's just got fucking balls of an elephant. Like he just, the big moment, he's going to give you all the intangibles. You know, he's going he's gonna to go in there and get an offensive rebound over a center. Like Marcus Smart, six foot four. But he'll jump over someone and get the, and get the rebound. Six foot four, how tall are you? And I've seen him. I've seen him do it plenty. He'll. He's also as and as much as he's not a great shooter, he'll fucking take the shot. Sometimes, sometimes you don't want him to take the shot, but he'll fucking take it. And I trust him that he might. That he, there's a good chance he'll make it. He'll take the charge. He'll do all these, but he'll do these intangibles where he'll just scramble on that ball. And you know, the Celtics came out with a lot of fire, and um, they were just they were in front from start to finish, from start to finish game three. Um, the Heat had been behind in those first two games, managed to drag it back, and I'm um, obviously at the end of it. They're like, "Look, getting in these holes is not what we need against a, a, good, a really talented side like Boston. Yeah. Boston might might have probably they could have more talent, more top end talent than the Heat, but the Heat have a deeper team and they have maybe a bit more versatility in what they can do. Um, but I think this is a series that goes seven games. But you know, we'll find out um, on uh, Thursday. Oh, sorry, Wednesday. Wednesday? Thursday. So we'll find out on Thursday is game four. Um, massive game for the Celtics. They lose that game, I'd, no, 3-1. I'd, I know we've seen it a couple of times in these playoffs, but I'm not putting a lot of faith in a comeback there. Um, and then on the other side of things, the, the Lakers just iced the Nuggets today in game two. A real epic clash. Um, you know, they, they got a lead as they did in game one. They were up by about 10. They were up by 16 at one point. But the Nuggets, as they do, this team does not quit. Fuck, they've been had a fun run and they just clawed their way back in. You know, they made some really good shots, they made some adjustments, made things hard for the Lakers, and um, they got their first lead with um, a couple of minutes to go in, in the game, two, two or three minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Jokic scored their last 11 points. He was phenomenal. You know, he got the lead, and then Anthony Davis went up the other end, and then he got a bucket, and, the, and then the Lakers were up by one, and they went down the other end. Jamal Murray sort of got an ISO threw a shot up and I think there might have been like a little finger on it, got a little touch. So it was going to drop short and Jokic could see, he could just, as soon as it came out, he knew it was going short. He got in front of the basket, jumped up and say his hand is here. LeBron's hand was like there and he just managed to get the touch and just tip that in. So um, Nuggets were up by one point with, you know, 20 seconds to go. Lakers get the possession. They miss a shot. Nuggets almost get the steal, get a block. There's two seconds to go. Lakers inbound it and Anthony Davis nails a fucking three-pointer um, on the buzzer. So um, they're up to, to love. And I think what's different between, say, the Lakers and the Clippers against these Nuggets is they, with, they've got LeBron, man. He's, they're not relinquishing a lead. They're not going to allow them to have a sniff. And I think they've just got a bit too much talent and um, too much veteran presence in that side. So I would, be, I would be shocked, absolutely shocked, if the Lakers were to lose this to the Nuggets. But I wouldn't count it out because these Nuggets have shown that you do not count them out. So we, either, we, we could very well get a Lakers-Celtics um, rivalry of the ages. The last time the Celtics were in the NBA Finals was against the Lakers. Um, or you could have uh, Lakers up against the Heat, you know, the, the franchise that he won with. You know, I'm sure Pat Riley be fired up to get that. Or we could just get a fairy tale story with the Nuggets against whoever. So really exciting stuff for the NBA. And it's all, you know, there's all this talk of asterisks um, about the season being in a bubble. Obviously, there's no home court 
They're in this bubble for, they've now been there for uh, 10, 11 weeks um, through this playoff campaign. So, you know, there's a lot of tough stuff they got to go through. But to me, the, you're the real champ to come out of this. You've gone, you are the tough, you are the toughest. You're talented and you're tough. There's no home court. You're not, you know, no seeding matters. Just the fucking best team and the toughest team. And I say that team um, wins it and will deserve to win it. So, hey, look, this is, it's anyone's game. There you go. Well, there you go. That was a good one. That was fucking brilliant. I can't wait. There's nothing better than NBA playoffs. Mate, I'm telling you, I reckon we could get you and Vince chatting about basketball at least once a week, mate. You guys don't don't want to be able to stop this. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, well, we can uh, we can get a bit of bounce back. He's a bit of a he's a bit of a LeBron hater, so I shouldn't say a bit, massively. Yeah, yeah. He's, um, but hater.com. He's a fan. That's all right. That's all good. You know. Anyway, I think we're gonna to have to wrap it up there, though. It's been an absolute pleasure as it is always. Look forward to this week. Fight. You know what? I look forward to this week in that it's the last week and getting it done, so we can get into finals footy because that's oh, what good. matters. Absolutely. That's what matters. Yeah. We can name, we can name our we yeah. can name our all NRL teams, um, who we think was the best, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. a few other awards I think we can give out, um, which we'll save for Monday. Yeah, correct. We'll, we'll give out some awards. Um we're obviously gonna you know, it's the last round for those front rows for the you know, sort out who's gonna yeah. the Tino and Hamlin Ueli, unless unless Papa Lee's got a hat trick in him, which I wouldn't put a past him. Yeah, but man, anything can happen. It's front rows, man. Anything. Exactly. As it is always, pleasure. Up the chooks. Other chookies. Let's go.